Hi, and welcome to the 40th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. It's been a little while since we've had David here with us. It's good um, to have him back. Yay! I'm psyched. I missed you guys. Well, I mean, I see you all the time, but I, I missed, you know, being in such close quarters. Doing this, <laughs> yeah. You guys can't see us, and we, we deliberately don't have a video feed of this, but <laughs> we, uh, in order to have good quality, we need to get very close to the mic, and so it's a very uh, personal experience. <laughs> yeah, we all have our coffee huddled around the little mic. <laughs> So this week we're doing a special episode. We've been doing our episodes usually every two weeks, but uh, this time we're back to tell you about Apple's fall announcement. Yesterday, Apple officially made it. They officially sent out the invitations. That's right. For (laughs) next Wednesday, September 7th, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Exciting. I know. So um, we're going to give you all the details on that about what to expect next Wednesday during the announcement. And we also have some other updates for you. And before we do uh, anything more, we're going to talk to you about our iPhone tip of the week. Two years ago today, Sarah had the idea that it would be cool to send our readers a tip about how to do something cool with their iDevices. So now she and our feature writer, Connor Carey, are the driving forces behind our tip of the day newsletter which helps more than 70,000 subscribers master their iPhones and iPads in just one minute each day. So to sign up, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And we want to share with you uh, a tip from this week that we think you'll like. So uh, the tip I selected for this week is how to restrict access to adult websites on iPhone or iPad, which is if you have kids and more and more kids have devices these days, you don't really want them to be accessing content they shouldn't, but it's kind of hard to monitor every second that they're online. So a really simple way to do it is to enable restrictions and within those restrictions uh, limit what content they can access in Safari. And the way you do that is you go to settings and you tap general and then you go to restrictions. And if you haven't already enabled uh, restrictions on your child's device, tap enable restrictions and set a passcode, which you must write down. (laughs) Seriously, it ruins everything if you forget this passcode. Take this really seriously and put this somewhere where you'll find it. Really, we have a tip about what to do if you forget this passcode, and it's one of our most popular tips on on our website, and I always feel terrible about it because the tip basically just says you're screwed. Like, (laughs) there's nothing you can do if you forget this. There's no easy way to reset it. So please remember it. Make it something that you know you're going to remember, but your kids hopefully won't. (laughs) So what I do is it's a bad idea to have the same passcode as the one on the phone because if it's your child's device, they know the passcode, and if it's your device, they've probably watched you enter it and have, like, hacked your device before just speaking from personal experience so what I do and I'm pretty sure my kids don't listen to this podcast so I can safely tell you is I do my passcode backwards and that way I never forget it Mm. but if you change your passcode make sure you change your restrictions passcode anyway so once you've done that and made sure you will never forget your restrictions passcode um, and you're in the restrictions section where you can enable restrictions you scroll down and select websites And then you have a few options. You can pre-select some websites, which might be good for the youngest kids. Um, You can select limit adult content, which is probably the best option for most kids, especially older ones. And then if there's a site your kid likes, but for some reason Safari thinks that it has adult content, you can um, select always allow and put in the URL. And, um, And then if there's a site that you don't want your child to visit, but the restrictions are allowing it, you can, um, select never allow and put in the URL for that site. And that way you can have some control over what your kid accesses on their device without having to be looking over their shoulder all the time. I have a related tip Uh (laughs) because we got uh, an email from one of our insiders. I know we're just about to talk about a second one, but I'm going to hijack this and talk about this email because we get these emails periodically and it's a sensitive subject, which means we often don't it's awkward to email this person back and be honest, which is that this person emailed us and basically what they said is they go to these news sites and they get pornographic ads that show up on these news sites and they're asking why. And I was honest. Oh, you were? Oh, good. I was hoping you would be. Um, So I want to teach you guys just really quickly about something called retargeting or remarketing. And so when you're on 
when you go to a website, what happens is uh, the, the website can mark that you came there and then they can mark it to you through Google whenever you go to other websites. So what happens to me, I go, I've been doing a speaker review article. So I've been looking at a bunch of speakers online. Now, anytime I go to any website, I see advertisements for those speakers by Libertone, it's $2.99. Now, if I had been going to pornographic websites, then I would be getting pornographic ads that follow me everywhere on the internet. Um, so mystery solved. <laughs> mystery solved. So I I was more diplomatic. I just said, you know, maybe you share this device with other people, and so I just wanted to let you know that this happens. And of course, there are sites that are sketchy to begin with, and they don't always have the highest quality ads. I gave that as an option too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so I'm pointing this out because somebody listening to your first tip is trying to avoid their children viewing adult content. So if you were seeing a lot of adult content ads everywhere, what it means is probably someone in your family is looking at adult content. Mm-hmm. Right, because especially if you're logged into, say, Google on multiple machines, you might not be sharing your device, but someone may be search- surfing the web on Google logged into your account unknowingly if you don't log out. Mm -hmm. And so you might be seeing those ads anyway, even if you're not sharing device. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, funnily enough, on that note, everyone in the office has been getting speaker ads because I've been on speaker websites (laughs) everywhere Mm -hmm. I go, I notice. Yeah, okay. Does that mean you get mod cloth ads? (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) I thought I was being sneakier than that. (laughs) So you get for shopping in in the office place. I needed a dress for my daughter's High school graduation. All right. Some things are important, I guess. And you can always use private browsing mode on Safari, too, to help solve this problem. Yeah. If you're somebody who's on a website that you don't necessarily, let's say, want your boss to know you're looking for dresses while at work, (laughs) you can uh, use incognito mode or private browsing on Safari, or you can clear your cookies, which I'm actually not totally sure if that works if you're logged into Chrome. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not positive. Your best <laughs> bet is using private browsing. Yeah. Yeah. So so you got more than one tip. Those are several <laughs> of our popular tips that you will get if you sign up for our daily tips newsletter. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips and you won't regret it. I can include a tip too on how to browse the web incognito and Safari. There you go. So who are now worried about ads other people in their family <laughs> So, yeah, go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we'll link to a few of these tips we just discussed. And if you even want to take your iPhone expertise further, you should also look into our iPhone Life Insider program. So our iPhone Life Insider program gives you a daily tip as well as a video to go along with that that will walk you through how exactly to do it. You'll also get in-depth guides. We're coming out with an iOS 10 guide uh, as soon as iOS 10 is available, which we're guessing is September 14th. We'll talk more about that later. Really? I'm guessing it's... <clears throat> well, never mind. We'll talk about it. We'll later. talk more about that later. <laughs> um, it'll be coming out within the next couple of weeks. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, you also get a digital subscription to our magazine and our entire archive, as well as uh, access to ask all of your questions to Sarah about iOS-related things. Maybe some non-iOS related things she might write back. I don't know. <laughs> but um, the why I bring that up is we share in our podcast a question that has recently been asked by an insider. So Sarah has one she's going to tell us about today. So I thought this one was interesting because I'm kind of having the same struggles as this uh, insider. And uh, this insider says, uh, Good morning. I'm currently using iOS 10 public beta, and I've noticed that for the last several weeks, I'm having issues with the fingerprint sensor. Sometimes I press the side button to wake up the phone, and it doesn't respond, and it takes a lot longer for the fingerprint sensor to kick in. Now, I know that beta versions can be quirky, but I know other people who are using it and don't have the same issue. Should I wait until the public release and assume that this will fix the problem, or should I downgrade back to 9.3, or is there another solution you can think of? Well, I think the issue with the fingerprint sensor, which is Touch ID, is that they've Apple has changed how you unlock your phone. And so sometimes, and it's really hard to get it just right. Like I, I struggle with this because you can press it and just wake your phone and then access all the new lock screen features. And you can even unlock it without sort of opening your phone and access more in the notification center without having to like Mm -hmm. completely unlock your phone. 
or you can actually unlock your phone all the way and just use it. And getting just the right, like, press, then hold your thumb, and then, you know, it's hard and not intuitive and so is this a preview of one of the annoying features for ios 10 that we're all going to have yeah. to complain about for next year right but you can turn it off oh, okay um well you can try if you just want to open your phone and you're not worried about trying to time it just right to unlock your notification center without unlocking your whole phone you can just press the home button and then just leave your thumb there or whatever finger you have set up for touch id and that should wake your phone up pretty smoothly. Mm -hmm. But you can also go to settings, accessibility. Actually, accessibility would be under general, sorry. Settings, general, accessibility, home button, and then toggle rest finger to unlock on. And that way, it will, you'll just unlock in the regular way that you're used to from iOS 9. Um, as far as the sleep-wake button goes on the side, this is probably a software issue, so I can't really help. You mean a hardware issue? No, I mean a software oh. issue. Um, so it's funny. They seem like hardware issues, but they're often software issues. Um, so the best thing to do is a hard reset of your iPhone um, by holding the side button and the home button simultaneously for about 20 seconds until the Apple logo appears and your phone restarts. And if that doesn't resolve the issue, though, um, the public beta has a feedback app and so I think it's a really good idea to submit your feedback when you encounter problems because then Apple can fix them and make iOS 10 better for everyone. Um, but if it's just too annoying and you're unhappy, you have two options. In my opinion, iOS 10 will be released next Wednesday, um, not in two weeks. But uh, so you can <laughs> either just wait and then downgrade to iOS 10, the shipping version, or you can just go back to iOS 9 right now and then update to iOS 10, the shipping version next week. It's really up to you. Probably not. My opinion, probably not worth downgrading for the next week or two. If As long as it's not like ruining your life, yeah. wait it out. Often a lot of these bugs in beta do get worked out in the official release. And if they don't, then everyone complains and they get worked out at like iOS 10.1 or something like that. Yeah. Another thing I wonder um, if the person who asked this question has, has is aware of raised to wake and maybe if that's confusing them a little bit, like when you lift your phone, it's supposed to wake up, but sometimes that can be like a little faulty and unreliable. So you're saying that... I find raised awake really annoying. Yeah, so mm. I, let's ask this because I'm guessing most of our readers and listeners, because you guys are listening to a podcast, uh, probably don't have the beta of iOS 10, and I don't have the beta of iOS 10. In general, how do you guys like the new uh, lock screen notification system? I like all of the... I like the lock screen. Um, it's... It's cool to be able to use all those features, and it's much faster to take a picture and things like that. Um, I don't like Raised Awake. I feel like it's just constantly waking my phone, which I suspect may be draining my battery a bit. But you can go into Settings, Display, and Brightness and turn Raised Awake off if you have iOS 10 public beta or next week when you have iOS 10. So you don't have to live with that. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I really am enjoying the lock screen. I think it's it's my uh, it's the feature that's updated that I've been using the most. Like for instance, I would use Siri a lot to check the weather for the day um, while I'm getting ready. But here I can now just check the day's weather forecast really easily from my lock screen widget without unlocking my phone. Mm. Things like that I yeah, do. Yeah, like. it's always struck me as weird before that you can't just unlock your phone. I mean, not unlock your phone, check the weather from your lock screen because yeah. it's such a pain to unlock your phone to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like have news at the top, so I'll check the day's headlines. There are definitely things like that that I'll, I'll check now that I never mm. used to. Mm. That's great. And if you're listening to this and you're sitting here thinking, oh my God, iOS 10's coming out, this already sounds really confusing, mm -hmm. we have good news for you. We're coming out with an iOS 10 guide, which is partly why Donna and Sarah are so well-versed in iOS 10, is we've been putting that together in-house from the beta. Uh, and so uh, coming out, we will re re try to release it the day iOS 10 comes out. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a comprehensive guide for everything you need to know about iOS 10. And it'll be only available to insiders. So to get that, you have to subscribe to an insider subscription, $59 a year. Go to insider.iphonelife.com. And you can subscribe now if you, you know, want to check out other content while you wait. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, our Siri guide is really awesome. It is. We just came out with that as well. So... Yeah, insider.iphonelife.com. Check it out.
So this week we're going to skip over our news section. We usually have updates, but we want to really just focus on the announcement. Do we have a word from our sponsor? When do we do a word from our sponsor? I haven't been here in a while, guys. <laughs> that we have before the main theme. Okay. We I, do not have a word from our sponsor <laughs> yet. <laughs> I, Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. We first want to complain about things, David. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you? You have a complaint this week, don't you, Sarah? Well, I have a complaint that I found a solution to. Um, Those I've, are the best complaints. Yeah. I've always thought that the hidden folder where you hide photos you don't want people to see is really stupid because it doesn't actually hide them. Not hidden. <laughs> no, it's still in your all photos photo album, which mm-hmm. means anyone can see it if they look in that album. So it's like, I don't know what the point of hiding it except for it's, and it's, you can't lock that album. So I don't, it's in iCloud. It just seems really silly. Um, so, and also it's not very easy to hide things. You actually have to press share for the photo and then choose to hide it. And I don't know. It's just silly. But what you can actually do to really hide it is um, you can press share and share it to notes and create a note. Um, And then you can delete the photo from your photo album, which means it won't be anywhere that anyone can see it. And the note that you've created, you can lock it with Touch ID or a passcode or both. And so you still have the photo on your phone, but it's not in your photo album. And you can always save the photo back to your photo album if you want to. Mm-hmm. And locked notes are encrypted in iCloud as well. So, I mean, it's not... We talked before about exactly how secure locked notes are and decided they're not... Like, I wouldn't be saving my passwords and stuff in there. But it's a definite added layer of security and privacy if you have photos you'd like to keep private. And one thing to beware of this, though, if you if you do use, you probably don't want notes to be a widget on your lock screen because that will sometimes show, you know, it'll show the past couple notes you were working on, like previews of it. Even least. locked ones? That's a good point. I am not totally sure. I if For day one, the journaling app I use, which I it's password protected, it still will show previews. Ooh. But I'll have to check notes to make yeah. sure about that. I would check that. But before. that's just something in general with iOS 10. You want to keep an eye on widgets because... It might be private information, and right. it is and it is on visible your lock screen. without being unlocked. So you can uh, fix that by in Notification Center, scroll to the bottom of all of those widgets and tap on Edit, and then you can just um, you know put your finger on the widget you don't want to show up and drag it down into the Don't Show This Widget list, and then tap Done. Yeah. Um, one other. Comment on that too. Sarah and I talked about this earlier. This is a great solution because it doesn't require any third-party apps. You're able to do it just with the built-in Apple apps. But there are plenty of third-party apps for built for this exact purpose. So if that's another option for you as well. And I think some of them have, uh, you know, they're just more designed for this exact thing. So the widget issue wouldn't be an issue and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me this week, I've had a chance to try a couple different styluses. And I've, it's because I'm working on an iPad article and I only recently got an iPad. And so I've never really had a reason to try a stylus before. And um, just I had a pretty different experience than what I thought I would based on reading reviews of two, two prominent styluses, styli, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, but basically I liked the Adonit Jot Dash better than the 53 Pencil. And the Pencil is $60 and it's, pretty much what the Apple Pencil copied and made better. Um, it has, uh, it's pressure sensitive, so it's good for artists that way. It has like an eraser on the back, but that only works with their accompanying paper app. Um, and the Jot Dash is more of just like a very simple stylus. But with the Pencil, it has this sort of like mushy tip. And I found there was like a lot, really long latency when trying mm. to, to mm, draw with okay. it. So I found myself like really frustrated by it quickly and it's really nice looking and I really wanted to like it. It's kind of this wood, wooden pencil looking, looking device. Have you guys tried either of these? No. No. I was going to ask, what are you using them for? I, I still haven't found a good reason to use a stylus. Well, I mean, with the pencil, it comes, it works well with a paper app, which you can mm-hmm. use for note taking, also for drawing. And if you draw like, for instance, a really like crude square it'll turn it you have the option to turn it into a perfect square like things like that so you could use it for um 
I mean, I don't even know. That's the problem. That's the problem. The internet told me the other day that you re- retain information better if you write it down. Yeah. And so if the internet said so, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> the internet never lies. No, exactly. All the information there is completely factual, 100% accurate. <laughs> I have heard that as well. So it is a thing that people have heard. Yeah. For me, like note taking, I do have several different journaling apps that give you the option of whether to... Uh, you know, be typing or or writing. Um, I haven't tried many services that transcribe, but my handwriting's so bad that I kind of doubt it that would work out very well. Um, but like, I just tried it out the Jot Dash, like in the Notes app, and um, and I tried the pencil stylus in the Paper app, and it seems like for people who are like kind of want to journal and do like vision boards and who are artists, there's a lot of uses for it. But for someone like me, it's probably going to be more like once in a while. And I, I prefer to type. Like, it's just easier for me to type a quick note than write it. But a lot of people still prefer to write notes, especially if you're kind of mm-hmm. a visual thinker and you want to do little mini diagrams to help yourself remember stuff. I mean, there definitely are a lot of uses for it. And I then, haven't found yeah. one that works for me, though. And in iOS 10, the Notes app has taken those capabilities further. Like with iOS 9, they added the ability to do drawings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now you can mark up images and do different things. Um, I mean, like that's that. the most important thing is to be able to draw, like, mustaches on your friends and stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. now you can do there that. There is that. <laughs> so if you're going to do it with a stylus, I would try out the Jot Dash, which is $40. Oh, there you go. Definitely worth it to draw mustaches and other things <laughs> on your friends. <laughs> exactly. Um, my... Thing I learned was actually an update from may have been the last time I was on the podcast, which was a while ago. We were talking about how on the iPhone, you can have your messages set so that instead of showing a preview, it just says you have a text message. Right. And I was complaining how I have iMessage set up on my Mac at work and I didn't have that set up and so there's often people huddled around my computer for work and then I get a text message and I have no control of who sees what. Um, so I mused that I won whether or not you could have that set up and it turns out you can. Oh cool. Great. So, oh, gosh, I have so many so friends that I need to tell to us not about. seeing your text messages. <laughs> <laughs> well as a matter of fact you've been not seeing my text messages for like a month now. Clearly, I pay close attention when text messages pop up. Yeah, I mean, we're a pretty close office, so for the most part, I don't think I'm getting any text messages that I care about, but it's still just nice to have one degree of privacy in this world. For sure. So how do you do that? Oh, that is a good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be honest, it's been a while. Uh, If you go into, if you open up your messages app on your Mac and you go into preferences, it was Mm -hmm. one of the options. Okay, I'll yeah. definitely be checking that out because I just haven't been syncing. I haven't like you synced my uh, text to my computer for that reason. Mm-hmm. But now maybe I will because it is. It's nice to be able to text from your computer. It's a lot faster. It is, although so much faster. I have to say, like ninety percent of the time, there's nobody at my computer other than me, and it is annoying because it's like you have a message from so and so. And before I used to be able to just click reply and not even open up the messages app and now it's like one more step so there it is a trade-off uh you know privacy versus convenience as usual yeah so apps and gear this week what do you guys what you guys been trying out I totally haven't been trying anything out. <laughs> well, I failed. I, I failed to come up with something. Uh, Paper Karma is an app. I actually learned about this a while ago, but I recently have been feeling re-inspired to use it because of how much junk mail I get all the time. And so this app lets you uh, take a picture of the envelopes that come in the mail of stuff that you don't want to be receiving anymore, like credit card offers, mm. all that sort of thing. And it will unsubscribe you from that. Wow. Oh, that sounds so really awesome. Cool. Yeah. And so I did that for a while and I, I was getting way less mail and then I just got lazy. I mean, the app makes it really easy. You just take a picture of the envelope and that's pretty much it. But even doing that seemed to be too much work. So I stopped doing it and now I've been getting more and more mail. And it's like, I don't know about you guys, but it's just, it's so annoying. I feel like every day having to like recycle all these different envelopes and sort through them and I just and just knowing that it's such a big paper waste. Yeah, yeah I mean, ninety percent of the mail I get, I just put straight in the recycling bin. Yeah, yeah, me it's too. Ridiculous, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I, you know, is it? It's a free app. Yeah, it's a free Very app. Very cool. Yeah, so and, it's basically and the just taking like, the picture functionality worked. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I think it's a really great app. I mean, I'm curious how they 
like make it a feasible business because it seems like just a really nice service for people. <laughs> but it's cool. Are there ads on the app or? I don't remember there being ads. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I've been testing out, I think I just mentioned in the previous section, a lot of speakers because I wrote the speaker uh, reviews for our upcoming holiday buyer's guide. Right. So let me give a quick plug for that because that's coming out soon. This is our iPhone Life magazine, our print and digital subscription, uh, and we're also sold in Walmart, Barnes and Noble, uh, and we are just coming out with our holiday buyer's guide. So if you want to subscribe to the magazine, go to iPhoneLife.com/magazine, um, or you can go to iPhoneLife.com/subscribe, depending on which whether you want to see a preview of the magazine first. Uh, and so I have been testing out a lot of speakers. Uh, I think one of my favorites was one that, Donna, you have a version of this too, mm-hmm. Ultimate Ears. They have the best. Which stuff. is owned by Logitech. Uh, and they have the speaker. I have uh, the, I think it's called the Boom, right? The UE Boom? Yeah. yeah we you have the Mini Boom, right? I have, well, no, it, I mean, it's just called the, it's just uh, the Boom. I have the Mega Boom. You have the Mega <laughs> Boom. So the, it, the, the Boom is very portable. It's kind of uh, the size of maybe like a hairspray can. Yeah. Uh, and it's waterproof, really good sound quality for the size of the speaker, and overall just really awesome speaker. I feel like we totally talked the speaker up like in the last two podcasts. Did we really? Was I, I wasn't here. Yeah, I think no, we, we did. Were we were talking about our float trip, and we're like, this speaker Oh, yeah, I brought it with me. Okay, well, let me and give it you... it in fun colors. Yeah, and, and so that's like, I think it's $1.99, and I'll give you one more bonus speaker because we talked this one up already. <laughs> uh, Marshall, as in like the guitar amps, now makes a speaker. Oh. It's yeah. really cool. It's like, it looks like a guitar amp. It's got this really like retro feel to it, uh, really good sound quality. This is one for the house, so it's more expensive. I think it's $4.99, uh, but it's a really high-quality speaker, I've, I've been really enjoying it. It's, it's, in the, it's the one in my room right now. Cool. Um, so before we get into the main theme, we're almost there, we would like to take a moment to share a message from our sponsor, Videoblocks. There you go. Now's the sponsor time, yeah. huh? All right. Well, if anybody out there is creating any videos, uh, either for your website or if you do video production, you guys all know there's all these times we need B-roll. You need some little graphic or you need some background. You need a picture of a flag waving, anything like that. And it's hard to come by. It's a pain to go and take it yourself. So Video Blocks is this great service that they basically let you have unlimited access to all of their video clips. They have high quality effects. They have shots, all of that stuff. And it's just $149 per year. And I'm pretty sure they have a free trial. So if you go to videoblocks.com, you can check it out. Uh, and also, if you are doing similar things and need audio, they have audioblocks.com and graphic stock for stock photos. So really great service. Uh, if you do any sort of design, you eventually you come across a need for these. We are starting to integrate them into our videos for the insider, and we've been loving them. So definitely a great service to check out. Uh, videoblock.com, $149 a year. And this strikes me as a really great deal. Yeah, $149 a year. I feel like a lot of these services are a lot more. And so... Yeah, no, it's very affordable, especially given that these are licensed, you, you know, it's like you can't just Google a photo and put it in mm-hmm. a magazine. You need to have a, a royalty-free license. So these are all royalty-free licenses that are for professional use that you can use in your marketing materials. So for a business service like this, yeah, it's, it's very affordable. Yeah. So if you want to have professional-looking videos, videoblocks.com. There you go. Thanks right. to our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to the theme that you guys have all been wanting to hear about so the Apple announcement is next Wednesday. Are you guys excited? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sarah's like, nah. <laughs> I am excited, but I'm definitely, you know, we always talk about how, well, the 6 is a big deal. The 6S isn't such a big deal. But I'm hearing the, the 7, if they even call it that, isn't going to be a major upgrade. So I'm, I'm trying yeah. to temper my expectations because otherwise I just, I'm too much of a fanboy and I get really disappointed. <laughs> I know. I can't tell because I talk to you guys so much if we, if we're just like getting to like insidery that we're like, we it's like not jaded? good enough. Yeah. You know, or if it's actually not that, not good enough. <laughs> well, we also don't know yet. We're only basing it off of rumors. Yeah. So it's, I, I feel like if it's water proof or even very highly water resistant, that will be enough to get me excited. That's the only thing I care about. That I care about. Mm-hmm. What's, what are the latest rumors on that? 
Water resistant, not waterproof, right? That, that's what I've been hearing. And, yeah. and do we have any sort of kind of quantifying what that means? Because most of the things that are, are called waterproof in our in our market are actually water resistant, like say life proof cases. Uh, they're, they, you know, you can mark it as waterproof, but really what it means is you can put it underwater up to six feet for 30 minutes. So that's technically water resistant. And I'm hoping that's it's that level. I know because if it's, be great. If it's yeah. just the level of the Apple watch, which is, you know, I think you guys took some more risks, like, you know, showering, wearing your Apple watch. I was always a little more nervous, but that was like, you know, waterproof enough that it had some functional change but if they're just saying like oh it's more water resistant like you're not gonna like feel any safer you know yeah there's a certain like level it needs to on the other hand if you're visiting your friend's house where toddlers live and you innocently put your phone down on a coffee table and realize you've put it in a puddle of juice your phone will be okay (laughs) did that happen to you and your phone was not okay it happened to me and my phone was okay Oh, good. Because Luckily. the success is actually slightly water resistant. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that would definitely be a big deal. The other rumor I'm really excited about is the camera. So what are we? What I are know. we expecting for the camera? Well, so the latest that that I've been hearing is that the Apple has developed a dual lens system, but that it will most likely only be available on the iPhone Seven Plus. And I mean, for the record, also, we don't even know if the phone's going to be called the iPhone Seven. If it is true that this is more of a minor upgrade, like. They, it might be next year's iPhone 7. I don't know. What I think is going to happen is I think they're going to switch to the iPhone and the iPhone Pro. And I don't mm. even know that. I think they may just drop the numbers altogether. And it, but my point is with the iPhone Pro, I bet they'll have a Pro that is a big phone and a small phone. So you can get these features on right. not the bigger phone, but it's the Pro model. What are you guys and hearing? There was, for a while, there were a lot of rumors of a Pro device that there would be the iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus, and an iPhone 7 Pro, but those have sort of died away the last yeah, couple of I months. Yeah, I haven't really heard that there's going to be an iPhone 7 Pro, but I definitely think there's a big chance they could change their naming conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because we have heard that the they're changing the way they're updating things. It's not going to be every other year that we get a huge body style change. Right. So... But it, but it would make more sense to me with this dual lens system that it would be available in two sizes of phones because everyone's going to want the dual lens camera and not everyone's going to want a huge phone. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. that definitely backs up what you're saying, I would think. And, and what are the latest rumors on how the dual lens system will work? Well, what's interesting, just if you guys have seen the the invitation, it has definitely some allusions to photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has like blurry lights and uh, see you on the seventh, which I don't know. We were wondering if see you has anything <laughs> to do with like reading a bit too much. Into it's a little words. bit of a stretch. So but... uh, let me pause there. Apple is notorious for hiding uh, little like uh clues as to what the Mm -hmm. phones will be and what the announcements will be in their invitations in the past probably three four years they haven't really done that very much or very well and i think we're all in the habit of reading into it a lot we'll see if this one is in fact true i mean wwdc they had series the one who first told people about WWDC and definitely iOS 10 had Siri, you know, now Siri's open to third-party developers mm-hmm. and Siri's going to work on Macs. So like there was some some hidden messages there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. But but basically what the dual lens system could do, oh sorry, did I just step on your foot? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um is like David said, we're all sitting pretty close together. <laughs> and a fun fact, I often don't wear shoes in the office. <laughs> yeah, it, it would uh, create a better zoom, a better zooming system, optical zoom instead of digital zoom. It, you guys are probably all aware that the zoom right now sucks on your iPhone. Basically, you basically just never use it. Closer and never zoom. Yeah. Because it then... just crops in. Right. Yeah. So as of right now, it will, if you zoom in on your phone, it's the exact same thing as if you took a picture normally and then after the fact cropped it to be closer. So you might as well not use it and if you have to, crop later. Yes, right? exactly. But now it'll be, hopefully it'll work closer to how an SLR works where uh-huh. it'll actually magnify the image as opposed to digitally enlarge it and make it blurry. Can I just say Samsung phone cameras, like the Galaxy whatever number they're on right now, mm-hmm 
are so much better and have been for so long that if they just update the camera for the plus, that's ridiculous. Like the iPhone cameras have really fallen behind and they need to get better, okay, a lot I, better right now. I'm going to question uh-huh. you on this because I've heard you make this statement several times uh, and I will. I would like to challenge you to show me some articles that back this up because what I'm I've seen... I'm just going completely on my own subjective personal opinion based on seeing photos taken on my phone <laughs> versus photos taken on people's galaxy. And my understanding is that iPhone has a little bit more of a balanced uh, photo where Samsung tweaks the levels a little bit that makes it look maybe a little bit more visually appealing, but actually for photographers limits them a little bit more. Like um, more yeah, but uh, are brighter most, colors, Are most sort of people thing? really mm-hmm. photographers or are most people just like taking pictures of like family events and want them to look good? Yeah, well, and so there's a, do you, the, I would, why don't we, why don't we make Connor write an article about this is what we should do. <laughs> yeah, so let's totally just like pawn this whole thing off onto Connor, our future Have her settle this for us. Right. Because don't get me wrong, uh, Samsung and Android does a lot of things better than iPhone. So I'm not trying to be defensive of the iPhone, but I'm actually curious to kind of get into the science of this a little bit as we're getting closer to a new camera and say, what is Apple doing right? What is Apple not doing right on the iPhone? And what are we hoping they'll fix? And if you have Mm -hmm. opinions and knowledge about photography and would like to share them with us, uh, you can email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com and tell David that I'm right and he's wrong or vice versa. (laughs) It's fine. I could be wrong. It happens occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the dual lens system could also help help correct some of this color issue that you're talking about where samsung devices the images look brighter i have noticed that a lot of iphone images and maybe look better a little low duller. light photos yeah especially the new samsung phones they're really at least in their advertisements they say that they're amazing at low light an I iphone mean, definitely is not great at low no, light no it's so not. There, there's definitely room for improvement whether or not samsung has has done that i don't know yeah, so like if with the dual lens system, each each lens could capture light a little bit differently and then merge those together is the idea mm-hmm. to create a better image. And what I'm really hoping they're going to accomplish, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to, I don't have my hopes held out for this, is uh, I'm really hoping that they'll be able to have a focus, like an SLR, where you can actually mm. have things in the background recede and be blurry and choose what you're focusing on. I mean, I the know. invitation sort of implies that. It does imply that. And that would be great because that's really the major difference between a high quality camera right now and a smartphone. Like depth the of, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, depth of field. Exactly. The pixel counts as high, but the lens isn't as good and there's no depth of field control or there's limited. I mean, you can tap and focus on different things, but it's just not the same thing. So if Apple can crack that, it's a really, it's a game changer because I'm, I actually don't have an SLR, but I keep meaning and thinking about getting one because the the photo quality just isn't the same. Yeah, it's true. But the thing is like iPhones are so portable and you always have them. So if you get closer to that quality, it would be huge. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I mean, most people who are photographers, they take pictures on their iPhones anyway, a lot of the time, just because they have it with them. But yeah, I mean, I'm still skeptical that they would get to that level of, but even if they, even if they, it was like closer to having depth of field control. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, like I noticed sometimes the background will blur out like a tiny bit, but it's not like an effect. Yeah, it definitely definitely does do it, especially if you're you're getting pretty up close. Like sometimes like if you take a picture of a flower, for example, and you get really close to it, everything will be blurry and there is a depth of field, but it's just not the same levels of control. Right, yeah. So what other things? I'm pretty excited about the idea that there could be a 32 gigabyte phone as the base model, which I should know. have happened a long time ago. I know. I feel like the, mm. the rumors have been more consistent this time about that. Like we've heard it in the past and it's been wishful thinking, but like the rumors in the past few days are all saying that the, there will be a 32 gigabyte S- base model instead 16 of 16. 16 gigabytes is just woefully inadequate at this point. Like it's yeah. really, it's kind of shameful that Apple's still trying to sell 16 gigabytes. Can I confess <laughs> something? Uh, my, yes. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> now I'm like talking about my children. So my my daughter had a boyfriend and she broke up with him and she wouldn't tell me why. But she told me she broke up with him by text, and I was really curious, and I wanted to see the text messages. <laughs> a real confession here. This it's is great. It's a real confession. It's so good, my okay. kids. And I don't usually spy on my kids, but I was really curious. But I couldn't check because she has a 16-gigabyte phone, and she deletes her messages regularly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I had to do it the old-fashioned way and get her older sister to find out. 
<laughs> do, we, do we get to find out why? Are you going to announce on the podcast? I mean, he was a 13-year-old boy, and that's why. I mean, he was just a jerk. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it. Way too much information. Yeah, that was Another, a long way around to this, saying 16 gigabytes is just not enough storage. <laughs> I also exactly. totally got called out by one of our listeners for having a 16 gigabyte model phone, which I completely agree it is shameful. I've been calling you guys out on this for I like know. a year I, now. I have a 64 gigabyte phone. Yeah. I will say this though, I'm excited for for the 32 gigs because it's a step up. I'm still gonna say get a 64 gig. It's still right. worth it. I'm definitely it. using more than 32 gigabytes of storage space on my phone. Well, and here's the thing too, uh, is it? It's Moore's law basically indicates that storage gets exponentially cheaper over time. And so they've had the 16 gigabytes as the base model for probably three or four years, meaning it, it's gotten cheaper and cheaper them, for them to produce. Their margins have gotten better, but they haven't passed along any of those savings to us. Well, is it just because they haven't been raising the price of the iPhone? Uh, well, I mean, possibly, and their margins certainly haven't improved for the iPhone in general. But uh, really, Apple's model has always been to try to force people to the middle they, they try to force people to upgrade and not get their base models. And so I get it. It's a business model, but 16 gigs seems embarrassing to me at this point. I know. It just feels in general like with storage, we're being forced to pay a lot for it. And it just seems On like you should pay for it, but not that much. Yeah. If you do end up buying a 16 gigabyte phone, uh, Apple has taken the step of making it possible to optimize your music storage in Apple Music. Mm. So you can have like basically auto-delete, set your phone to auto-delete music you haven't listened to in a long time. It'll still be there, but the downloads will be gone. And then you can just re-download it if you suddenly have the urge to start listening to that album again. Another That's option, cool. Another option too, and, and this is a, a plug for our advertisers, one of our sponsors, but it's actually a, it's such a great product that I can't help but bring it up right now. One of our sponsors, Adam Elements, has a product that's a USB stick for your iPhone. So you can take your photos, load them onto this USB stick, and then clear them off of your local storage. Uh, so that's another great solution if you do find yourself having too many photos and you don't want to pay for the iCloud storage. Cool. But iCloud storage isn't that much. This is true. This is true. I pay like a dollar for like 50 gigabytes. Yeah, but I'm getting storage. close to using it all up, I have to say. Um, I'm actually fairly close to. So the last rumor I've heard about the device, which you guys can, you know, chime in with more if, you, if you've heard anything, but that there will be a blue color option. That sounds kind of interesting to me. I guess, you know, like back with the iPhone 5, there was the slate color that they did not continue with iPhone 6, and it was it, apparently it scratched easily or something. I, I was reading that there was going to be a, a slate color again. Right, and I think, like, that's what, if you consider that blue, it's sort of like a oh. bluish slate. Slate blue. Slate yeah. blue. But maybe one that I, is I'd an improved version of that. I'd be, I would be too. I'd be, I've enjoyed having a rose gold phone, but I'm ready to move on. Ah, I like the rose gold. <laughs> I might go for rose gold if they do have it this year. I, I'm someone who I I would consider getting it. Like I, I like the black phones, but I find that as an industry, we cover the color choices too much. Like I care so much more yeah. about the tech that's in right. the phone than the stupid color that they just came out with this year. To be honest, I will probably, whatever color the size of storage is available in soonest is probably what mm -hmm. I will get. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I can't believe it. We didn't mention the headphone jack. Oh, oh this is wow. the yeah, big that's one. What we've, been, we've been talking about this in the podcast for the past like several months, yeah. so we just forgot to mention mm -hmm. it now. I've, I've been on record adamantly. Well, okay, I have two opinions. Number one, I don't particularly care that they're getting rid of it. Uh, I think it'll be totally fine to use the lightning cable. I think everyone's going to freak out for about a month, and then it'll be fine. You can either use a Bluetooth headphone, which is great, and you should just do that anyway. It's limited battery life. Yeah, or you should use, uh, just plug it into your lightning jack. But here's what's annoying me. It sounds like they're going to get rid of it, but they're not changing the form factor. Like, I, I've heard two rumors, and mm. they don't make sense. Like, if you get rid of it, do it in the name of making the phone thinner and lighter. Don't just do it to mess with us. Well, isn't they're saying that it'll make it thinner and lighter, and also there'll be more room along the bottom for more speakers. Well, it may be just because we're going to get, hopefully, according to the rumors, more battery power. Oh. Yeah, it's got to give us more something, or yeah. else screw that. Yeah, because it's a trade-off <laughs> I'm willing to make for a thinner phone, but if I'm not making a trade-off and they're just getting yeah. rid of 
the lightning or sorry the uh headphone jack it just seems stupid yeah seems like they're really pushing us towards bluetooth airplay and just more universal use of the lightning port Mm -hmm. to me but i mean you were saying just just go ahead and plug in your phone to the lightning cable i mean your headphones but do you mean like you have to buy new headphones or just you should get an adapter you'll probably get an adapter adapter, though it's It's true no you you will have easily lost Thing. Yeah, no, it's like that just seems like such a downgrade dealing with an adapter all the time. A little bit of it is the this is one of those things that's going to be frustrating for about a year and then the industry will adapt. So mm-hmm. it definitely will be frustrating because I agree with Sarah, Bluetooth headphones are great, but they do run out of battery and so they're not great as your primary headphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have the budget to buy a new headphone right away, you're not going to have a problem. Uh, and all new headphones, I'm guessing, will come with two options, so you can switch out between a headphone jack and a lightning cable, mm. starting, you know, soonish. But it is frustrating for people who have just invested in expensive headphones to have to then carry on to doggo with them for a long time. So there, it yeah. definitely, I, I get it. I definitely, it is a hassle. It is annoying. But this is how industries evolve. You know, we all freaked out when the Apple uh, MacBook Air got rid of the Ethernet cable. We all freaked out when they got rid of the CD drive because it was such an inconvenience. And then a couple years later, nobody misses it. So there's yeah. some of that too. Of this is how industries evolve, and there is a transition period that will be hard. And I'm still going to complain. Yeah. yeah. If the phone had wireless <laughs> charging, I know that would also change things because. What are you saying, David? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Donna. Children. <laughs> uh, just that if the phone had wireless charging, then you also wouldn't have to worry about having your lightning cable occupied when because then if your phone dies basically right now if you have a wired headphone with a lightning cable only device you won't be able to charge your device at the same time unless there was wireless charging which would be great is there okay two questions number one is there rumors for wireless charging because that'd be great next year okay and faster charging like i want my phone they have the technology i want my phone to charge in like 15 minutes and that's it so awesome yeah i mean the rumors still seem to be saying that next year we're gonna see like a very substantial update that would have wireless charging that would have a glass front and back to make the phone lighter but also sounds way more breakable so i don't know about that we really want that and that it would be waterproof um so they're just stringing us along apple just stringing us along i know Uh, my next question though is do you guys actually plug in your phone and listen to headphones at the same time i don't think i ever do that yes and actually i have a charging cable that i stopped using because it was making it impossible for me to plug in my Mm. earbuds i lie in bed and charge my phone at night and listen to music see i i usually like dock my phone and listen to music through speakers yeah like, but, that's so what i, I do, do. It for that but i i guess not so much usually with the headphones i'm like out for a walk or something yeah, i don't yeah. know i mean if i'm or walking run. i usually have like i don't run bluetooth earbuds <laughs> <laughs> i just made up a scenario that never happens <laughs> out when i'm running if i'm running no, no I, I don't i don't do that though <laughs> donna will be posting her results from the half marathon she's running next month <laughs> oh yeah oh man so that's pretty much all we've heard about the iphone 7 I mean, we're going to get into this next week, but next week we're going to talk about whether or not you should buy the iPhone 7, but I'm just curious what you guys think, like, if you have any inkling of whether oh, or not, a, of what side you're going to be on. Sarah and I, I'll, I'll let you guys behind the curtain, we are scheduled to have debate whether or not you should buy it, and we haven't actually decided who's on what side yet, because <laughs> we haven't heard it. it we haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the truth is... You're going to wait till after you hear what it actually is. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I that will be buying an iPhone 7, whether I want to or not, because I need it for work. Mm. She works at iPhone So it'll bags. be more like, do I actually want to upgrade, or is this a just because I have to upgrade? Right. I have to say, I've ever since working here, and it's been here, this is my sixth year, I've bought a new iPhone every single year. I am seriously considering not buying one this year. Wow. So it looks like I'll be pro and David will be It might be, but we'll see. This happens every year, to be fair. I I always buy it. I have to find someone else to be on the pro side of the argument. I feel like last year, David and I persuaded each other of each other's argument (laughs) (laughs) i yeah except for you persuaded everybody else i had people like stop me on the street and be like sarah was right david (laughs) (laughs) tell me that well of course i wouldn't tell you that (laughs) Um, it's true i am 
almost always right. So but if I'm not, you can email us and let me know. I probably will cave and buy it because A, I, it is valuable for my job. And B, I just love new tech, obviously. That's why that's part of why I do this. Um, but I don't, just from the rumors already, I'll have to wait. But I, I don't, it definitely doesn't sound like a substantial upgrade that everybody should have. Unless you take a lot of pictures. And like a lot of us do. And that may be worth it depending on how big of an upgrade the camera is. For me, I feel like I just, I totally fall into the fear of missing out and that like, there's no way I'm not going to want to get it. Even if there's zero features that really justify it, to be totally honest. But also I have a 16 gigabyte phone and I need to get one with higher storage. So whether or not they have the 16 gigabyte base model, I'll be pissed if that's what it is. I'm going to get one that has 64 gigabytes. So that's where I fall on things. But I, I definitely, it's like Apple Apple may not be as cool as it used to be, like at, you know, at some time in mm-hmm. the history, but it still is. And I still feel like so many people are going to buy the iPhone 7 no matter what. No matter what it has. <laughs> well, and wh- one of the one of the arguments I make every year at this time is everybody looks at the fancy new feature and then decides if they should buy the phone. But the reality is the things that make the phone mm. so great each year are the Im- smaller improvements. Battery life getting better, phone getting lighter, processor, processor. getting faster. A faster processor is a big deal in a yeah, phone. For sure. And so what happens is... Especially because then what happens is they upgrade operating systems and they make it so that the operating systems take advantage of the bigger processors and your slow and your older phones get slower and slower. So there is like other than in addition to the really mm-hmm. fancy features, Apple probably will give us just really like foundational reasons why it's a good idea to upgrade. Yeah, and it usually does the best at running the newest software. Like yeah. iOS 10 will probably be work the best with iPhone 7. And there will definitely be features in iOS 10 that only work for the new phones. And I'm going to want those. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, we may okay. be seeing a new Apple Watch. Oh, sorry, Sarah. No, I was just going to say, should we talk about the Apple Watch? Yeah, we should. So, you know, it's been what it's been more than a year since we had the original Apple Watch Almost announcement. Almost a year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that it's strongly rumored that we'll see an Apple Watch 2 next week, which would not have cellular connection but would have GPS. I mean, I've been thinking about it. I really don't care if it has cellular connection. I'm not going to spend the extra, what, 10 bucks a month to be able to occasionally make a phone call from my wrist, which would be really annoying. It's always maddening to talk on your wrist. Yeah. I agree. I kind of like not having cellular connection. Like there are times when I don't have my cell phone with me, like say when I'm on a run or when I'm golfing or something, mm-hmm. I don't want it with me. But what me. about if you like like fell and broke your ankle and need to call somebody? Well, then I will deal with that because <laughs> I, I, I personally, I like being able to disconnect and it's, it's not true. worth it for me to be able to have yeah. one more way to connect when my iPhone's always with me. I do kind of like that the Apple Watch is limited. Like, If it was bombarding me with everything I get on my phone, mm-hmm. that would drive me nuts. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, when I do go out and exercise with my Apple Watch, I tend to stick to areas where there are people. Just yeah. Anyway, so. Probably a good practice just in general. <laughs> in general. Yeah. So I feel pretty confident that someone would come by or be outside mowing their lawn or whatever and... And, like, let me use their phone or help me. Yeah. We live in a small, friendly town. I think I'm fine. (laughs) Um, What other features are rumored, though? Well, um, GPS, which would, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty solid that it will have GPS, which will be great. So excited about that one. Not only for routing your runs and biking for people who do those things, and also (laughs) for um, directions. And what about Find My Apple Watch? Find my Apple Watch. That would be great, too. Because oh, yeah. right now you can ping your phone, but now you'll be able to mm-hmm. ping your Apple Watch, which would be great. Cool. Um, I mean, that's... Oh, maybe a camera, I heard? What would the point of that be? Oh, it's silly. I don't know. Taking selfies stealthily? I don't know. <laughs> I just think... I don't know. Stealthy photos just sound wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone should be aware they're getting their picture taken. <laughs> but also... Um, that it, it'll be a lot faster. Already watch OS 3, right? Yeah, watch... Uh, Are we on 3? We're on 2. Oh, we're They're on coming two. out with 3. And okay. they, they made a big deal about 3 being faster. Okay, yeah. So already the new operating system, whether you have a new Apple Watch or not, is going to be seven times faster, 
which is huge because right now I don't even bother using third-party apps because they're so mm-hmm. slow. Right, and we're going to be but, able to do third-party app glances, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're sort of changing how you interact with the apps to make it actually useful. Yeah, so I'm... <laughs> nobody can actually touch those little, like, app icons that mm-hmm. are smaller than yeah, your pinky finger. Yeah, it's really hard to get through. To the... I know. Right now, their, like, home screen is pretty pitiful. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, so I think whether or not you're planning on getting a new Apple Watch, it's going to be a lot faster. But my assumption is they'll have actual hardware changes that will make it even faster for the new device. But do you think you'll get a new Apple Watch? Because I'm excited about the GPS, but I I don't see myself getting a new Apple Watch. My Apple Watch is good enough for now. I figured you guys both have more reason to than I do because you guys run outside a lot. I feel like it's an exaggeration to say that I run. I just want to be clear that I basically have been doing the Couch to 5K program for years. <laughs> I just more, she's been people... more on the couch side than the 5K side, unfortunately. Well, it, it varies. It varies. <laughs> I have at times done the whole 5K. And... Anyway, I just want to be clear. I don't want people to think that I'm some kind of like master runner when I'm really just hobbling along. <laughs> Why not? This is a podcast. You can have whatever persona you want, Sarah. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know that I actually run more than you, but I, I do run uh, periodically. And I don't know that I care about the GPS. Because, well, partly I haven't found a good pair of Bluetooth headphones that I like to run with. Um, Jaybird is supposed to have a nice pair. I haven't gotten them. So mm-hmm. as a result, I bring my iPhone strap to my arm, mm. uh, which means it doesn't matter that much. Uh, but if I were to get a nice pair of Bluetooth headphones and I would care about GPS to track my runs better, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. I think I'll just, in part because the iPhone, because the iPhone is so much more expensive than the Apple watch, uh, like it's not as big of a purchase for me to get mm-hmm. the Apple watch. I think I would just get it because I love my Apple watch. I use it so much during the day that just, if you just told me the Apple watch is going to be faster, I'd be like, good enough. I'm in. It's really? like a couple hundred bucks. It's I use it every day. Uh, and so the baseline for how much improvement needs to be there for me to buy it is not that high, especially if they make it thinner, lighter, nicer looking, then I'm really going to be excited. Interesting. The truth is I really just want like a rose gold Apple Watch. <laughs> and so I'll probably eventually get one. But I just, I don't know. I David is, just has to get a phone for himself. I have like children who have broken their phones. <clears throat> children. <laughs> so uh, I have like a big expenditure coming up on phones. It's mm. probably the real reason. There you go. But yeah, if, if they did do something to the design also, like I'm not in love with the way it looks. Well, I'm kind of annoyed that, I mean, the 42 millimeter one has better battery life. And it's BS because like women generally have smaller wrists and so they're not going to strap on a 42 millimeter watch no because even looks... the, the current one the smaller yeah. model is I not mean, it's not like a bit of a stretch it's not like sexist it's like you can't fit a, as big of a battery in a smaller watch shut yeah, up david sorry let us go on our feminist They've built discrimination into the hardware, basically. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then what I about, think that's their motto. Apple, yeah. we build discrimination into the hardware. <laughs> they totally don't. We know that it's just because it's smaller. Please don't email us and yell at us, okay? But still, it would be better if they improve the battery. You know yes. what, too? I have a problem with my Apple Watch. It's all, there's something that's always been broken with it where it charges really slowly. Like it takes maybe eight hours to charge. No, but mine takes like eight hours. Really? Yeah, like this. There's something like broken with it because everybody else like, yeah, it's like two hours. And so I, I might just get a new one for that reason too. I fell asleep with my watch on last night. Put it on the charger at four this morning, and when I got up at six, it was charged. So there. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I need to buy a new one. This is the point. There you go. What about iPads? Pretty much, we're not getting new iPads, right? I'm. I haven't heard that we are. Yeah. No, because yeah. that's a spring announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, for the record, I think I'm on my, like, I think I'm on the iPad 2. No, I have the iPad Air. But I'm, like, mm. two or three models behind now, and I'm still just perfectly happy to keep my iPad, which is part of Apple's problem. iPad right. sales have been down a lot, but I'm, I'm part of their problem <laughs> right now. So you don't feel that same desire to have, like, everything new with your mm. iPad as you do with your iPhone? No, for some reason, I don't care. Well, what do you use you your mean? iPad for? That's the thing. Just, like... Are you just consuming content, just browsing the web, checking emails, checking yeah. Facebook? Like nothing that really needs new, great hardware. Exactly. Every once in a while, I try to use 3D Touch on my iPad Air too. And I'm like, oh, 
wait a second, I can't do that. Yeah. But that's about that's about as far as the problem goes. Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about the way that iOS 10 is basically forcing you to use 3D Touch if you have a 6S or later? Well, I'm really curious if, like, with the beta, that seems to be the case. But I'm curious if they're going to, like, have alternative ways to do what, things. So well, what they've do you got mean... to because not all phones have... 3D touch. So for those yeah. of us who don't have beta, can we clarify what you mean by that? Yeah. Well, for instance, with notifications, now because they've changed what happens when you swipe, say on the lock screen, um, you, you know, if you swipe one way, you're going to open the camera. And if you swipe the other way, you're going to have a whole list of widgets. So clearly you can't swipe on a notification to deal with it. So instead you 3D touch it and then some options for how you deal with it come up. Mm. Well, you can still swipe on notifications, and it'll just let you clear it, but it won't give you all the options. Right, but you used to like swipe depending on the direction. You swiped, you could do something, but now if you swipe, um, you'll open up your camera instead. What they've done in the past for things that need 3D touch is they've done for phones that don't have 3D touch, it kind of, I don't know what they call it, like a long touch or like something. A long press. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so they may just do that. I'm assuming that's what they'll do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, or else like maybe you only get the special fancy options if you have 3D Touch. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to see. It doesn't seem fancy, though. It seems very basic. If you have an older iPhone that doesn't have 3D Touch and you're using the iOS 10 beta, let us know how that's going, what they're doing instead of 3D Touch. Yeah. I have to say, though, I like that Apple is making better use of 3D Touch. I think that it's something that it's a really useful uh, user experience tool that unless you have certain interfaces that require it, you just can't utilize it very well. So I'm, right. I like that they're making better use of it in iOS 10. Everyone's had a few models to get it, and I'm sure mm -hmm. your phone will still work fine without it, but this is how the industry evolves, is you, you make good use of new features. Right. I mean, with iOS 9, it seemed kind of pointless, mm -hmm. but now it's, they're clearly integrating into the user experience yeah, and, exactly. and making it actually useful. So let's talk about release dates for the operating systems and for the iPhone 7. So Sarah, um, when when will iOS 10 be available? I think they're going to uh, release it the same day as the announcement. That's my guess. Is that that's what happened last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that um, the usually the iPhone pre-orders start the following Friday after the announcement. So that'd be September mm -hmm. 16th, right? Right. I and think I th like midnight on the 16th, probably. Okay. So September 16th. If all things go according to Apple's usual trends, you'll be able to pre-order the iPhone 7. Um, and then you probably would, start shipping like right. a week later. That If that's what Apple did last year, released the software the day of the announcement, maybe that's the new new trend. So hopefully we'll be seeing iOS. You'll be able to install iOS 10 next Wednesday. That would be crazy. crazy. Although it's always a good idea to just let other people adopt it first and see how it goes for them. Just saying. Don't do that. It's so much more fun. Be a risk taker. Try it out. You may be one of the like 0.1% of people where your phone gets completely ruined, but probably not. <laughs> do it anyway. Probably not. It'll be fun. And now that, I mean, with the public beta, probably a lot of our listeners already are trying the beta, I would mm -hmm. imagine, because a lot of, you know, well, they'd be iOS enthusiasts. Right. It's much less likely to cause you problems because they are doing the public betas and that helps them really find those bugs and address them before they mm -hmm. release things. There's so always if you have some problems. The beta, there yeah, always, always are. Problems. If you have the beta, what should you do? Oh, that's complicated. Um, <laughs> and so if you have the beta and you decide you'd like to, you can stay on the beta and keep using it in a more advanced version of iOS 10, but of course there will be bugs. But if you would like to downgrade to the ship, I mean, I shouldn't call it downgrading, but if you'd like to revert to the shipping version of iOS, mm -hmm. um, there are things you can do. You'll have to go back to whatever backup you made when you went to the beta program. So you will lose whatever changes you've made to your phone since Ooh. then. Unless mm -hmm. unless the data... Yeah, so that's something to consider. It was a painful experience last year, and I didn't even want to do the beta this year, but I had to because <laughs> I had to do things with iOS 10. There's no way... You, you have to downgrade to iOS 9 in order to upgrade to... like the, the, You uh, have to restore your phone from the backup you made before you went before to beta. Yeah, yes. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. It's a painful experience. It's a big experience. deterrent. Mm -hmm. Um. For sure. <laughs> but there are certain things that have continued to sync with iCloud, like if you have iCloud syncing with your notes oh, um, yeah, or different yeah, things like that. Sense. So like, or but if you're if using you've iCloud photo your library, settings, you're not you might lose. lose data from certain apps. Yeah. Um, 
which can be an advantage or a disadvantage. For instance, I had like a coffee thing, you know, where like the punch card, the digital punch card, and I totally had a full punch card after I went back to iOS 9. <laughs> so you lose app data in some cases. Yes, you will lose app data maybe. I'm just guessing, but if you have like songs you've downloaded, they may no longer be downloaded on your phone. You might have to re-download them. It depends. I mean, you'll probably still have them like if you have Apple Music mm-hmm. because, you know, the service doesn't just exist on your phone. But and if but if you change your settings, um, things like that. Yeah. So so basically, you have to factory reset your device, right? And re and uh, use your last. I can't, I can't remember exactly how you, how you do it. Backup. Like, to like I said, them. it's it's not like a simple process, but it's I mean it's <clears> not <throat> hard. It's just there's a bunch of steps. So we have an article about it, and I will make sure that's up to date and post a link iphonelife.com slash podcast. Yes, every episode we have a blog post that links to all the things we talk about. So there we can help you if you're in that boat. Um, Then you'll be able to switch to the commercial version of iOS 10, hopefully without losing any essential information because you already read our post about the risk you take getting iOS 10 public beta and and planned accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what do you think about watchOS 3 and tvOS 10? Do you think they'll come out on the same day or like a day later or what? What did they do last year? Oh, man. I think I I thought that um, it was a week after the announcement that we got some of those things, but I'm not sure, to be totally honest. Yeah, I don't think it all happened on the same day as the announcement. I think there was a delay. So... um, well, we'll have to keep you posted about that next week. We're going to have it, our our next podcast directly after the announcement. So late Wednesday, we'll have that up for you guys to listen to. That's right. All right. Well, uh, oh, and to watch the event, you can do it on any – can you do it on PCs? No, you can definitely do it on Macs, on Safari. Mm-hmm. And you can do it on your Apple TV, which is definitely the best experience. Uh, make sure that you update your – uh, I don't know if you need to update the operating system anymore, but certainly you have to go and make sure all of your Apple TV apps are up to up to date. So try to do right. that before and it there, starts. There is now like an Apple TV event app, right? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. you go to the events app, make sure you have it all queued up ahead of time. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we've had that happen where you had we had to do a software update. It's really stressful. As We're the announcement there. is starting. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, you don't want that. And we'll send you an email how to follow our coverage, but uh, make sure that you sign up for our email newsletter if you haven't. Again, mm-hmm. iPhone Life dot com slash daily tip and we'll send that to you uh and we usually live tweet it so we'll have our commentary during the event so you can follow us at at iphone life yeah we're gonna have a lot of things to say about it a lot of good analysis so definitely stay tuned yeah i think our announcement coverage will be at iphonelife.com slash live coverage there you go so and this concludes episode 40 of the iphone life podcast as David said, don't forget to sign up for daily tips at iphonelife.com slash daily tips and be well. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.